Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Combos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to Corey McGee, who recently just made it to the Olympics in the 1500 meters. This episode was awesome. I learned a lot about Corey, and she is basically the definition of someone who loves the sport of running, and it shows in her perseverance, and also someone that's not afraid to take risks when it comes to racing, which I think a lot of people can learn from, because taking risks when you race is a big part of, you know, having those breakthroughs, and Corey obviously had a very big one at the trials. I wouldn't say that she was an underdog to make the 1500 team, but she really just proved that she deserved to be on that team. Yeah, so I hope you guys learn a little bit more about Corey in this episode, and we're all going to be rooting for her in Tokyo, so stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by none other than Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA-certified organic meal kit company. They make eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or you're just looking to eat healthier like me, there's a range of recipes to suit any kind of diet or preference. Obviously, you guys know I love Green Chef, and I've been using them for a long time now. All of the ingredients are handpicked and delivered straight to your door, contact-free, so you're able to let Green Chef do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep for you week after week. The meals take max 30 minutes and they're so good they're so flavorful way more flavorful than anything i usually make at home so that's honestly the thing i love most about the green chef recipes is that they all taste amazing green chefs expert chefs design flavorful recipes for your lifestyle that go way beyond ordinary substitutions green chef is now owned by HelloFresh, and with the wider array of meal plans to choose from there's something for everyone so I like to switch between the brands just depending on how my taste buds change. If you guys are interested in Green Chef, go to greenchef.com slash coldbrew100 and use code coldbrew100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash coldbrew100 and use code coldbrew100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Now let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Congratulations on making it to the Olympics. That must feel so good. Yeah, I'm very happy. I'm still having moments of um, like that pinch me feeling. And I feel like, yeah, it's a dream come true. So it's been a good week. Yeah. And where are you right now? You're in St. Moritz? I'm cur- yes. Yeah, I'm currently in St. Moritz. Emma and Aisha are here with me right now. Joe's in the other room. Um, so some of the team is here with me and yeah, it's, it's the perfect setup. It's so beautiful here. And, you know, we just are getting in some good training and getting ready to head over to Tokyo. Yeah. So are you, you're not racing at all in between? You're just there for, is it like altitude there? Yeah, it's similar to Boulder. Um, so it's a little over 5,000 feet, but I am going to race. I'm racing once I'm actually uh, in my second time in league of my whole life, the first one didn't go very well, but this one should be way better. And I'm racing Monaco in a couple of like in about a week. 
a week and a couple days. So we'll leave her on the seventh, and I think the race is on the ninth. So it's well, coming up exciting. really quickly. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good though that you have like a race in between the trials, and because that, that would be a yes. long time, like a month. I think it is. Is like that's a pretty long time to go without racing. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's going to be perfect just to like have um a, just a fast race, one that isn't necessarily like rounds and super tactical, but just to sort of see what I'm actually ready to do right now. I feel like, of course, the final at USA's was super exciting and I ran a big PR, but it also is like a little part of me. It's like that was after two other races that weren't necessarily easy. So I feel like it will be really nice to just like go out and kind of run with nothing to lose and um, be against some, you know, the best women in the world before going to the Olympics that I will definitely see again when I get there. So yeah, it's going to be really good. I feel, I feel really excited about it. Obviously just knowing that like I have a couple teammates who will be there as well. And I just think like the, idea of going to Monaco Diamond League is also not quite the same as like my Olympic dream but as a runner and someone who's who cares about the sport it's always been sort of this like I hope I can do that someday and so it's like crazy to even think about going and I'm just yeah I feel like a lot of good things are happening right now so I'm really happy yeah what is the process of getting into a Diamond League race like I'm always so like who do they pick and how do you know that you can go especially like Monaco's a huge one so Definitely. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like I probably know as much as you at this point. It's kind of like, (laughs) I just feel like I've always sort of thought, I mean, the reality is you have to run fast. And as an American, there's just so much competition. And so they're not going to have like a field of 10 Americans. So of course you need to like do well at the U S champs. And so I feel like it's sort of a two-part process and not that similar to not that not that different than making a team it's honestly just a very very competitive thing so uh even if you run fast sometimes like if you just don't do that well at us champs or something it might just not work out so yeah it's a it's a challenging thing and of course your agent has to get to work and help you make it happen too so um yeah it's not easy so what's the what's the benefit of running a diamond league? Is it like prize money or is it just world rankings? Or what is I guess the draw in for running a diamond league race? Yeah, I mean for me, I think that it's mostly just like getting into a fast race and knowing, I mean, it's again similar to this past USA is like similar to the trials. That was the first time that I've really been in a race where someone just from the gun is like ready to run a sub four minute fifteen hundred. And so you know, we kind of set up situations in the U.S. where people want to run around that time, but it's really difficult to actually make it happen. And so I think like to just be in a very prestigious, fast, like historically fast race is really the part of it that makes me excited. Yeah, there's other elements to it, ranking, trying to like be the person that wins the Diamond League that year. But for me at this point, it's just like going and wanting to run fast and compete against these people who are obviously like prepared to run fast. And if I can go and hold my own, I just know that like the times will come and all the other things that are exciting about it will come. Um, But really, I don't think too far beyond just like the race itself and running fast time and all the other exciting details that surround that happening are sort of like, I'll, I'll think about that one 
when I get there. (laughs) And so, yeah, I feel like if I think too much about like, how much prize money am I going to win? How much, like, it's just, I can, I can't really think like that. I don't know. I think there are some people who are really motivated by those factors. And I think that that's cool too. But I also, I just know that like for myself personally, the, the very exciting part is figuring out how fast I can run, especially when I know that I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. And so at this point, I'm just thinking about like going and holding my own and not, not thinking too much about what will come from that. Yeah. I'm always intrigued by like the prize money situation. I've asked a lot of pro runners, like if you're going down the home stretch and you're like, you can pick people off. Like, are you thinking about money at all? Like, does that ever cross your mind or is it just, I mean, you said that you're not super focused on the money, but I feel like at some point yeah. it has to be like crossing your mind. Like if I get one more person, like I make an extra grand, <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that more often if that thought does cross my mind, it's because I'm getting passed, not because I'm yeah, like trying you're to you're losing anymore. money. Yeah. It's more like, oh, oh shoot, like afterwards I'm like, oh man, if I if I had just like not let that one person pass me, but it's also just I don't necessarily feel like it motivates me as much as it's like in hindsight, I'm like, no, I should have should have done better there. Yeah. <laughs> man it's just but, a wild but definitely world. i i have met runners who are able to uh channel motivation from that and yeah. i mean it i i don't know how my mind can't go there during a race it's no, just it's like, like you're only thinking about i'm pain. not thinking pain clearly outweigh. enough yeah. yeah pain outweighs all I like. totally so i feel like that's that's one difference um yeah my brain just can't i can't formulate thoughts yeah. that the, that complex of a thought during race yeah <laughs> well let's talk a little bit about your uh, olympic trials race you i think you were the most determined person out there running that final like you could see it you, like you were not gonna let ellie go it was thank like, you and i think a lot of people were talking about like the race after and they were like you were kind of like a shoe in for them i don't remember who posted about it I don't know if it was your coach or who, but they're like, we knew that like Corey was going to make the team or whatever. Um, And it was just cool to go see you like do it. And yeah, I mean, determination was like the main thing that I saw from that race. But I guess, how are you feeling? Like when you stepped up to the line, like, what were you, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I appreciate that evaluation because I do think of myself as a very determined person, but I also think that like, in that moment, it was more just like, I had, I had simplified the race so much in my mind and it played out very differently than I had envisioned it over and over in my head in the sense of, I did expect it to be that fast of a race. I did expect Ellie to go to the front pretty early on, but I also expected there to be a few other women around me. I really didn't think that it would just be like Ellie and I out there just charging along. Um, but I, I definitely had a very simple set of instructions from Joe and yeah, it was Joe who was sort of, um, after the race, of course, like it's easier to say this, but after the race was like, we really thought that I was capable of doing that. But, um, he did tell me like, you know, Ellie is the favorite and if you stick with her, then you're going to make the team. And so (laughs) I don't know why, but, and like, 
I'm not giving myself a ton of credit here because it sounds like I just need like the most basic like Neanderthal instructions but like he was just like follow Ellie and you'll make the team and I was just like okay (laughs) so I mean I yeah I think I'm like a deeper thinker than that but like at the same time for races if it's just like the most simple instructions and it's not anything difficult it's not anything you know I don't I just needed that basic instruction he said this is going to be the easiest race plan that we've had all season and one thing about Joe that's different than any other coach I've ever had is that he does even give me a race plan like I never had a coach give me a race plan before in my life um I guess in college maybe here and there like if I was going into SECs and we felt like I could win the race we might have some degree of a race plan for like when I should make a move but like for the most part, I never had a coach like tactically give me advice going into a race. And so he sort of gave Danny and I the same, the same set of guidelines going into it. And I guess, yes, it, the determination showed because I was determined to follow his race plan. But for the most part, I was just like following this simple rule, um, which is one thing that actually takes a lot of pressure off of me when I go to line up because if you know Joe, he doesn't really like blow smoke. Like he's not someone who's telling you that you're ready to do something if you aren't. And so for him to just make me feel equipped to follow Ellie, knowing that she's like in very good shape and has obviously like been dominating races throughout the last year or so. Um, yeah. I mean, I just was like, well, if Joe says I can do that, then that's what I'll do. And so that's really all that, that was. I was just running without any stress and like just fully trusting what my coach told me to do. Yeah. How much is it a factor to have a coach that believes in you like that? It's huge. I mean, I think that that's like one of the biggest differences for me since joining the team that I'm on now. Um, I've always had great coaches. I've always had very wonderful people as my coaches. And I would say since since my high school coach, I haven't had a coach that I felt like believes in me as much as Joe. Not to say that like my college experience was perfect and like pretty much everything I could ask for, especially from my head coach, Coach Holloway. And then I loved my time in Boston with Mark Coogan as my coach. But just like Joe's belief in me and the things that I think make me a good runner is really the part that's like very different. Um, Admittedly, I have always struggled a lot with like learning how to be a better distance runner. I've never been like super strong at tempos and long runs and that kind of stuff and I don't know if that's because I grew up like you know running super low mileage went to a sprint school for college like I've just never had the experience of training as a distance runner and I mean of course Joe and I have worked on that a lot but he's also like happy to throw me on the track and let me sprint and like take me in the weight room and let me lift like heavy weights and is excited that I'm good at that stuff. And so that's also just a very different experience than previous coaches. Um, So that's super cool. I mean, apart from just like the physical side of things with him, like believing in the things that I think I'm good at, he also just like knows about how I feel about running. Like he realizes that I love to run and sort of like, I don't know, we don't like get too into the mental side, but I'm aware of the fact that he, knows how much I care and that's obviously a big component too because I feel like I was missing that with previous coaches yeah I think gosh I don't remember I was trying to find it before this episode before we started recording but 
I don't know who wrote, maybe it was, maybe it was Joe's post about you. Yeah. I think, I think that now, was. now I'm realizing that I didn't look at his page and I should have. It was really thoughtful. Yeah. No, I read, the, I read the whole thing a couple of days ago or whenever it first came out. And he talked about how you were like different as a runner and that, you know, and he's just like different, that you're different than other athletes that he's coached, but can you like go into it and like talk about how, I guess you're different in his eyes compared to other people? I don't know. I wish that I knew exactly what he had said. I mean, he definitely was picking at me because I sometimes am a frustrating racer early in the year, but I mean, it's a lot of times just because I, I have short-term memory loss. Like as an athlete, I will try the same thing a million times just because I truly believe that I'm like capable of it. So I'll like go out in four minute pace, like 10 times and like fail every time, but then it finally works out. And so obviously I ran a smarter race at USA's, but at the same time, I mean, I know that he was kind of teasing about that. Um, but I don't know exactly what he was, he was referring to. I mean, I think it really does come down to the fact that I've just like loved to run from pretty much all of my life. And he knows that Joe and I actually met in high school through a similar coach. And I met Emma in high school as well, but we were all coached by the same person for a brief period. And so, and I think that it's funny because Joe's sort of the same way. He's like truly does love running. And when he was competing, you could just tell that like, um, he was very, very dedicated. And so maybe it was referring to that a little bit, like oftentimes, you know, people who first started running in middle school, really besides, I mean, there's one other woman currently in the U S that I've been racing since seventh grade. We're no longer in the same event. She won the 10 K this past week. Um, but Emily Sisson and I first raced each other as seventh graders, which is crazy at like the U S nationals for middle school. And so I think it's a little bit of that, just knowing that like, I've just had, I've had this like love for the sport for so long. And so often I think, you know, people are doing that when they're in middle school or high school because they like running, but like maybe it's someone else pressuring them a little bit, or there's, you know, something else gets introduced to their life and they realize they love that more, which is great. But um, yeah, just like the tunnel vision that I've had for running for so long is I think probably a little unusual. Like I said, I mean, Emily Sisson is the only other person I know who, and Jordan, I think of Jordan a lot too, in that sense, but it's just not something that people stick with for like 20 years usually. Yeah. yeah well, I, I mean, I used to do youth racing as well. Like I started running when I was 10 at the yeah, level. So I, I completely understand that. Um, totally. And I remember there was like, there was something on, it was on Let's Run, which I'm not a Let's Run fan, but this was back in college and they were like, it was 2016 NCAA cross country nationals. And they were comparing people who ran in like the 2008 USATF cross country nationals and the 2016 USATF cross country nationals. And there was like three of us. So it is, it's mm-hmm. really rare to see people that continue totally. doing it beyond. And yeah, I don't know, like, like you said, maybe people go find different sports to go do, but did you ever have like a period of time? Because it's like, you're going through puberty too during that time. And a lot of people tend to like plateau or like, I'm sure you've had setbacks over the last, however many years you've been running. Did you ever have a time where you felt, I don't know, discouraged or ever thought about doing anything else or just had like a plateau time period? 
definitely multiple times um I mean throughout high school I got one second faster each year in high school in eighth grade I ran uh like sort of I ran a mile that was sort of out of nowhere my trajectory was like I ran a 514 mile or something and then the next race ran 503 and then the next race ran a 449 so it was like this huge jump when I was in eighth grade and I remember like once I ran 449 I was 13 years old and it was like what next like I was aiming to like oh maybe I can break 440 by the time I'm a senior no I got one second faster each year and it was insanely frustrating and I also ran 214 like every single year of high school and finally broke that my senior year so there weren't like huge improvements by any means until I got to college and then I had pretty big improvements as a freshman and a little bit here and there junior year had a breakout year and then didn't run a faster 1500 until two years ago. I mean, I ran 406 once my first few years as a pro, which tied my PR. So probably the the most challenging plateau was that first few years as a pro. And that was the first time that I started to actually think to myself, like, maybe I am not as like special as I feel inside maybe I'm not as capable as I'd like to believe I am like it was having these really hard conversations in my own head like never told anyone never opened up about it still struggle to even say it out loud because like I had this deep deep self-belief since I was a kid and like this deep love for running and these high aspirations and then probably like my you know second or third year as a pro I had a sacral stress fracture and was running the most I ever had in my life and was living this dream that I had thought of since I was a kid of like being a pro runner and trying to run in the Olympics and I was like kind of there but like obviously coming up short of my biggest goals and yeah I I thought about college coaches that had recruited me and said like oh, but when you come here, you might learn that there's some other thing that you're interested in. And I remember thinking to myself, like, not me. I'm here to run. Like, I'm going to get my degree, but I'm here to run. And that was always, like, my number one thing. And really, like, yeah, I mean, I went to school. I had other things I'm interested in, but I hadn't ever thought about, like, what else would I do? And again, like, my first few years, at few, first few years as a pro, I started thinking, like, maybe I need to start thinking about it. (laughs) And it was really, it was really weird. And I was aware of how, how sad I was about the fact that I was going down that road in my mind. And I would still sort of shut out the doubts because I was like, no, like I, I know I can do it. It's just like, something's wrong. Something's off with my situation. And I've expressed to like the team here and Joe and Emma and, um, everyone on my current team like how happy and grateful and honestly like how much I needed this but if I didn't move to Colorado and like kind of hit the hard reset it I wouldn't be I wouldn't have been able to do it like I would have come up short of those goals and like always sort of wondered like I guess just because for so long I had I had really truly thought that I could do it and like I was willing to dedicate myself to it um all that being said, I'm, I'm like grateful that I made the move I did and didn't like let those thoughts discourage me and take yeah. over everything. 
what was the catalyst for the move? Because obviously that's a huge decision to change training programs and coaching and everything. Yeah, it was really, in the moment, it was a pretty easy choice. Although there were a lot of other things that happened around that time that obviously like uh, played into it. I met my boyfriend like two months before I moved to Colorado and he still lives in Boston. So we've been dating long distance the whole time I've been in Colorado. So that was like one obstacle. Um, But truly what occurred was in 2017, I had my stress fracture and I had been in Boston for two years at that point, that being the third year. And so when that happened, I was like, I had just run a PR. I was like, finally starting to like figure it out. And I feel like the training there was starting to sort of makes sense to me it was so different than anything I'd ever done before um but when I got injured it was sort of like okay well now I don't want to move because I think it was starting to finally click and not hurt so I was like I'm gonna give it one more year and that was sort of what I had told myself without any idea of what I would do next I just was like I'm gonna give this one more year because it's not working now I'm hurt maybe it was about to work but I'll never know. So I went through 2018 and came up short of the US final. I was the first one out. And that was it. I was like, I can't continue to like spin my wheels. Like I'm running so much more. I'm not really like enjoying some of the training. It was just so different for me and like didn't really ever make me feel good about myself. It was just like more mileage um, and a lot of like strength sort of work which I think works very well for a lot of people but admittedly I was like starting to think like maybe I'm not a very good runner like I I get destroyed every single day at practice like I was just like walking it in on tempos like two weeks before U.S. champs I was like walking it in like it was just not clicking yeah and anyway I think part of like pro running is the confidence portion like you need to have that confidence boost to like be able yeah. to be confident on the starting line and, you know, be able to compete, even okay. though you may be fit, if you're, you know, walking it in on these tempo runs, like, what are you thinking to yourself? It was not making me feel good about myself. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. And like, admittedly, I've always like prided myself on having this like impenetrable confidence, like on the starting line. That's one thing that I feel like I've always felt very confident in my ability to give myself a self pep talk. Like I'm, I don't know if that's because I ran by myself for most of like my first years as a runner. Like I didn't have a team. I just was out there on my own often having these like one-on-one conversations running like two miles and being like, you're so tough. That was like the hardest two mile run ever. <laughs> no one else is doing this. Like I thought it was <laughs> no one a, else like, is doing two miles. <laughs> it's a joke. Like I would go run two miles before school and be like, that was so I'd like listen to Eye of the Tiger and be like, you're so freaking tough. <laughs> but anyway, so I like have always been really confident as a runner, but for the first time I started to like have self-doubt. And yeah, I mean, there were just unfortunately, like I loved the relationships I had there and the women that I was with every day. Um, I'm still friends with and enjoyed every moment of it but the reality was I was just a little bit sad and had lost my last lost that little pep in my step (laughs) so um yeah I was like I didn't really know what was going to come next but 
the stars aligned and Joe and Joe started coaching Emma and I had obviously been dealing with a little bit of confidence issues because I was like oh I wish I was fast enough to like train with them but that definitely is never going to happen they won't they wouldn't want me and then next thing you know like I'm having a conversation and the opportunity arises and I was like yeah like I'm gonna come tomorrow if I can and it was like that simple I was like really are you sure because like yes 100% and so yeah I made the move and um that decision wasn't very difficult for me. It was like, seemed very obvious. It also is funny because like my entire life, my parents have always like, because of us knowing each other in high school, my parents have always been like huge fans of Emma. And when I graduated college, they were like, are you going to move to Colorado and train with Emma? And I was like, no, like it's not an option. I'm moving to Boston to train with the New Balance group. And they were like, you should really go to train with Emma. And I was like, okay, thanks mom and dad. Like, they just like, don't know a lot about like how the whole process works. And they're just like always saying it to me. And then that's sort of what happened. And it's like the classic, like your parents know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I told you so. Like, yeah. And I was like, you don't understand. Like it wasn't an option at the time. Yeah. And once it became an option, that's what I chose to do. But yeah, it's just funny. I look back and I'm like, I should have listened to my parents. <laughs> hey, you know, I, everything happens for a reason. Maybe you needed the time in Boston to, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I definitely, maybe. I mean, who knows? <laughs> maybe. I think, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you don't needed know. the like, sacral stress cool for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so painful. Yeah, that sounds awful. My, yeah, sis- my sister had one. It's happen. rough. It's rough. It's really rough. Especially, it's extra rough because you don't have like a cast or anything. Like you just are on crutches and look healthy and so people are very inquisitive they're like so what's going on like, yeah. why are you hurt and like you're in the airport and you're like yeah I need to board early because I can't walk and they're like mm, sure okay and you're like no like I swear I'm really hurt <laughs> my back is broken yeah it is, <laughs> it is that weird for a lot of reasons yeah mm-hmm. yeah because there's nothing that like read injured it's just yeah. like a healthy person with no cast yeah well then just walk without the crutches and then maybe they'll understand (laughs) yeah exactly yeah today's episode is brought to you by organifi organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar if you're like me you know the importance of eating healthy but you don't always have the time or willpower to cook with all the colors of the rainbow organifi's superfood blends make it easy and enjoyable to add more variety and nutrition to your day these are delicious organic powders you can add to water stir with a spoon and enjoy anytime for more energy nutrition hormone balance and peace of mind Personally, I love drinking them in the morning. They're seriously a great way to jumpstart your morning. I throw a scoop of the red juice and the green juice into a shaker bottle with some water and drink that before I have any coffee. That has been my go-to in the morning. And the green juice is made with a clinical dose of ashwagandha, which helps you adapt to stress and it supports healthy cortisol levels, which obviously you guys know, if you've followed me on any of my platforms, my cortisol has been so high in the past. It helps promote and support a healthy response to stress. And to make it easier myself, I love just tossing it in with the red juice. The red juice has 13 different superfoods for energy support in a berry superfood drink. It's 100% USDA certified organic, and it also tastes amazing. Not only is Organifi super convenient, it's also amazing tasting, which is 
honestly one of the biggest things when it comes to a sustainable way of getting in your nutrients. It needs to taste good so that you're going to want to wake up and drink it or drink it in the afternoon or the evening. If you guys are interested in checking out Organifi, I highly recommend just go to Organifi.com, that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com and use code COLDBREWED to get 20% off any item in the store. I highly recommend any of their products, but I really specifically love the green juice and red juice these days. So go check them out, that's Organifi.com and just use code COLDBREWED to get 20% off any item in the store. Now let's get back to the episode. How did the team boss opportunity come up? Did Joe reach out to you or were you just talking to Emma? Sort of both. Well, yeah, no, it was mostly just like as friends having conversations here and there, like Emma sort of realizing like Corey doesn't seem to be running to her potential and like being a nice person just would ask like, hey, how's it going? And I would kind of be like, yeah, I don't know. Like this didn't work out, but I wasn't necessarily like, hey, can I come train with you? It just sort of naturally was like um this is what I'm going through and her being like yeah I think I think you should like kind of take a step back sort of thing and at that point like Aisha was training with Emma Dom was being coached by Joe but we're living in Arkansas and yeah we all just were hanging out one day after Fifth Ave and sort of in passing it was like you should just move to Colorado and I was like mm. I don't know if you mean what you just said. <laughs> You're like out of the bars. So you should totally move very, <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and so it was like very lighthearted and I was like going through a, a like crisis. And so I was like, um, yeah. can I get that in writing? Yeah, yeah, you're like, wait, are we serious? You like text them yeah, the next day. So you're funny, like, but hey, can you write that down? Yeah, do you remember that conversation we had last night? Because <laughs> I am on board. That's pretty much what happened because I waited until the next day and it like came up again and I was like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, it was real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when yeah, it's just that was in 2018 um after fifth step so I had given it another year to kind of make sure like you know I, I had this injury and then I came back from it and things were kind of going smoothly but still not perfect and at that point it was just like yeah we both well I I know how I feel and like I have these people who care about me from a distance who are kind of seeing the signs of needing a little help and so yeah that was 2018 at the end of the season yeah Mm -hmm. and look at you now now you're an olympian (laughs) yeah Yeah. i know i just needed a little little help along the way (laughs) yeah what was the reaction like from like emma and joe after you made it what was the first conversation that you had with them like oh my gosh yeah it was honestly probably the moment that i started to understand was really talking to joe and like that night when we went out to dinner he like made a nice toast just sort of saying some of the things that we already talked about and um that was like when it sank in I was like wow okay like I actually did it and I think (laughs) just because Joe is like a very steady person like he's he's like not someone again like he's not gonna like just tell you what you want to hear so when he gives a compliment it's like special yeah and um yeah he was really happy which makes me very happy and he works harder than I think I mean, I, I know that he works very hard, but I still feel like I don't even understand how hard he works. Like he's so dedicated to what he does. And, um, 
so it's like nice to see his hard work pay off too obviously like I'm the one out there running these miles and doing (laughs) the workouts and all but like at the end of the day like Joe puts a lot into it so I feel like it was special for both of us and then um yeah I mean Emma Emma was really emotional it was really exciting and she and one of my best friends Mandy were together when I finished the race and so to like see both of them back to back was like insane (laughs) I was like don't miss too much um but yeah so it was great like I I think just like obviously Emma being married to Joe it's like exciting for her to see his work sort of show through with another athlete but also um I mean Emma and I are friends like we've been friends for a long time so I know she was just like purely happy for me because she sort of knows like she saw the moments where I wasn't doing so great and like also has seen since I got to Colorado like I was not in good shape I was like in bad shape and so just to see like where I came from two years ago like having to stop nearly every single workout or Joe would have to sort of like fix a workout for it to like work for me because of where I was at at that time um so I feel like yeah all the girls on the team have kind of seen the change from like being assigned 800s at like a fairly slow paced now being able to like run miles with the big girls like there's just so many things that are <laughs> yeah they know they know the whole story <laughs> yeah so obviously you accomplished the big goal of making the team how do you reset yourself now because you made the team but now you got to go run the rounds in Tokyo so how are you resetting yourself and also what are your goals for the Olympics yeah, my main goal is to compete how I did at the trials and find myself in the final and then just race and um, honestly just not overthink it. I think that if I just go there, I have a little bit of experience at this level, like having run in a world championship, but I didn't make it through the rounds. And so um, I just want to do better than I've done before and sort of like race to the level of fitness that I'm at. So whatever that takes, I think that I'm ready to like, yeah be in the final and so that's really important to me um and I would say that that's like my biggest goal at the moment um and then in terms of like resetting I feel like I have like I have a very special situation being around the women that I'm around every day like I went for my run this morning with Emma and Aisha and like I'm thinking to myself during the run like how special it is that I get to be on the same plan as them for the rest of the summer because usually like or in the last couple of years not so much last year just because everything was unusual but like 2019 I came to St. Moritz I sort of was a part of this but like they were thinking about Doha and I was like thinking about getting back to the U.S. and like starting my break so just like knowing that they've been there before they've done this before I get to just sort of like go with the flow and that's one thing about like I mean, the team has been so great for me because I don't really have to like, I mean, I obviously know the things that I think make me like contribute, but for the most part, like, because there's so many women in on our team who are like so good at whatever their specification is, I so often can like take a back seat and just like learn. And so going into the Olympics, it's like, this is Emma's third Olympics. I don't have to like really figure a whole lot out for myself right now it's like I have this person who's like a prime example of like what it takes and so in terms of a reset I just like hang out with my friends and yeah go to practice and you know what I mean like it's not like I'm having to like forge this path on my own thankfully because 
that would be very, very difficult. Um, I can just like be around my teammates and like try to be as excellent as they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's your like overall goal for your running career? And also, I mean, you, you have a strong passion for running. So do you want to keep running like forever or what's, what's the plan? I, I love to run and like, it's funny because I've had this conversation with myself a couple times recently, like, especially leading into the trials that was like, whatever happens, like, it's not going to change how I feel about going out for a run. Like, I'm still going to want that and need to do that because it's something that I care about. But in reality, like my, like my specific, like goal was to represent the U.S. in the Olympic games. And so I feel like I'm in the thick of it <laughs> and yeah it's super awesome because this was like my biggest goal like many people who are doing what I do it's definitely like this alluring thing and so apart from that I mean I've never seen myself as someone who's gonna like stick it out for you know through my 30s and like train through pregnancy like I've never move really... up to the marathon next <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> like <laughs> definitely not I yeah I mean as soon as I like don't feel like the 1500 is working out anymore it's gonna be probably like pretty easy to say like it's been fun everyone definitely not like I I respect it a ton and I enjoy watching it and I love training with the girls who are preparing for it but I'm so happy to run 800 and 1500 and no I don't want to do it at all like I will run a 5k next year, I think. And I'm very prepared for that because today that I saw these little trading card things that someone made on Sidious Mag or something and it had my 5k PR on there. And so for that reason alone, I was like, I got to work on that. It was like. Specifically so, for the I'm trading like, card. You're like, I need to run at least <laughs> one more 5k so I can look better. It's 100% pride based. It's 100% pride based. Cause I'm like, I'm happy with, I can like, I could right now like hang up my hat based on like my, my 1500 and 800 PRs, but the 5k one, I'm like, I got to go another year just to like, <laughs> the trading cards make that a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. But, um, no, I mean, I think that more than anything, like I could see myself in the sport in a similar way to like my high school coach, which was very specific. He met me when I was in middle school and just thought like this young girl seems like she really cares about running and I'm going to coach her and her alone. And if I met someone who I thought really cared about it and was like ready to work hard, I would love to coach a, a young person who I think um, would like put as much into it as I would. But apart from that, I don't see myself. Um, yeah. Like competing for oh, like, many many years and like yeah. moving up to the marathon and stuff but I I forever want to be a part of the sport especially if it means like I'm helping young people like nurture their love for it I think that as a middle schooler and high schooler I lived in Mississippi and no one there likes to run like distance running is not cool and especially when I was growing up like people thought it was really <laughs> weird not that cool it's not at all. And like, I didn't feel cool because of it. Like I felt really like a huge outcast. And, um, I mean, if I could like let kids know that like, it's fun and, and make them feel more like secure in that, that would mean a lot to me. Um, 
because I was like secure enough as an individual to like own it and be like, yeah, I like running. But it still was a little bit weird. Like when I would be like, I'm not going to stay out super late because I have a race next weekend. Like no one had any idea what I was talking about. Anyway, so all that being said, like one of my most like one of the things I love most is like when I get to go to Foot Locker every year and like meet these high schoolers who love running, like actually just like want to do it and like feel like confident about it and have teammates from their high schools. And like that whole experience is so different than what I had growing up that it's like, it's very fulfilling to meet like high school kids who love to run and helping high schoolers figure out the college process and all. Um, so I don't know, I guess the question about like how I see myself in the sport, like if I could be involved in anything that sort of helps with that aspect, that would mean a lot to me. Yeah. Um, but that's more like just forming relationships. It's not like I expect to like work in a role that has that. I just want to be like open to people who need or want that kind of yeah. guidance. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would love to have your guidance. So that'll be exciting to watch, especially yeah, just like in the female totally. running community. It's like, I think we just need more mentors and stuff out there because it's like, it's yeah. hard as like a young female athlete to kind of navigate that time period, especially. So having people that have gone through it, like, I mean, I basically went through to like being a competitive runner throughout high school. Um, I was in California, so it was a little bit cooler, I think, to be a distance runner. Definitely. And much, much more competitive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was very competitive, competitive, but yeah, I mean, for me too, it's like rewarding just to be a part of someone's journey in that way, because it is such like a Mm -hmm. fun time period into I don't know, help someone come along. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's awesome. And it's just like, I always love meeting, especially young girls that like care about running. It like makes me look back on that time in my life. And it's like, it's just nice. Yeah. Yeah, It's like the friends that I didn't have in high school. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That too. I know. I always feel like I leave like meets like that thinking like have I like, like it so much more even it's like refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just think back totally. to like the meets in high school that I would run like NXN or Brooks PR. And like, those were the, some of the, still some of the best times I had in my life. Cause it, it was just so different once you go to college and everything becomes more business orient oriented, but yeah. High school Definitely. Was great. Yeah. 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 Today's episode is brought to you by insight tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. Insight Tracker can help. Insight Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Insight Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then, Insight Tracker tracks your progress every day every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. Obviously, you guys know I've been working with Inside Tracker for a while now, definitely over the past six months, and it has been a great resource to help make those lifestyle changes I need to to optimize my biomarkers. My cortisol levels just got word. They went down, guys, all right? Let's get let's get a clap in the chat, all right? <laughs> Thanks to Inside Tracker, they've really helped me tailor that specifically towards me and my body's data, so I highly recommend. And right now, for a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash Emma. That's insidetracker.com slash Emma. Now let's get back to the episode. Okay, well, 
we had some listener questions so I want to go through those too um for the final part of the episode but (laughs) this is so random so I ran for University of Oregon and our entire especially um later in my like when I was a senior the younger guys on the team are obsessed with you (laughs) like literally obsessed that you are definitely their uh woman crush I don't know if it's still the case because I graduated in 2018 but (laughs) Um, someone Uh, asked along the same lines, what's the deal with you and Reed Brown? Oh my God. I love Reed. It's so funny that you're asking me that right now. Um, I met Reed at Foot Locker when he was in high school and he was just like this bold, funny, young (laughs) high school kid. And I was there in like a, you know, as a coach in like a completely different role, but I just really appreciated his, I don't know, like just his personality and so um sort of watched him through college and then this past year with him leading the boys who like ran all these crazy fast times so I was like there you go Reed like you're just doing your part and like I'm so excited for his time like when he gets to finally you know not just be a pacer in that situation like he gets to run these special races and like realize his potential and then this year at NCAAs, he got disqualified and that like broke my heart a little bit. So what's the deal with me and Reed? I just think that he's a great kid. I cheer for him. I want great things to happen to him. And uh, he's my friend. Yeah. There we go. Oh, I, I used to call him baby Reed because he was a freshman when I was a senior. So he just came up. There, yeah. I Reed. I Reed. I yeah, I do too. I just want him to, I want him to do great things. I want him to run fast and I just cheer for him. Yeah. You and me both. Um, okay. <laughs> next, next question. What are your thoughts on the NCAA allowing athletes to be paid now? Yeah, I think it's great. I think that, um, I mean, I was talking talking about it a little bit within the last day or so and I don't think it's going to be like quite what we all expect I don't think it's going to suddenly be like all these college kids making millions of dollars but I definitely think that it's going to be interesting for like social media and like I look at some of the people in the track world who have like successful YouTube channels and like they'll just be able to work on that kind of stuff earlier on um and then in regards to like actual sponsorships I was curious like are they going to have agents like what I don't really know how that works, but um, I think it's going to be like pretty small scale for a while. And then like, of course, there's going to be a few athletes here and there that it affects a little bit more, but I don't, I don't, I mean, honestly, at this point, people are probably already monetizing like their social media and all. So it just makes it a little bit more like uh, transparent, I guess. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's yeah. cool. I think it's great. I'm not just, I'm not like jealous or anything. I don't think I missed out on some large amount of money. Um, I think it's going to affect other sports a little bit more than ours. Yeah. But yeah, it'll, it'll be good. It'll I've seen some cool funny tweets. Like... There's like some funny tweets out there. It's like, how much money can I get for my like 60th place at Nutty Comb invite or something? And I'm like, this is so <laughs> yeah. funny. Like, this is so true. It's going to affect, like, I think it'll definitely affect runners. <laughs> Like, especially uh, big track names, but it'll be interesting to see, like, who is actually going to be making money off yeah, of this in the totally. cross-country world. Definitely. It will be interesting. I think yeah. it will be, like, much more, uh, like, people who it's more personality over performance, yeah. especially in our sport. Like, I mean, you see that at the pro level, too. People who are, like, relevant but haven't necessarily, like, 
run the fastest time or whatever. It's just going to be like something different than what we expect. But um, I mean, I think it will be great. Yeah. For people who have come from challenging backgrounds and have created a situation for themselves where they're like going to college and um, yeah, like making money for the first time in their life and supporting their families and who knows what else like that that is special so it's it'll be great in that way yeah we'll see yeah and definitely like people not on scholarships too it'll definitely help you know totally do something to work towards that I don't know but yeah that's interesting about the agents part I didn't even think about that but that like like pro track agents now signing college athletes whoa I know that's what I was wondering but I feel like at the same time that might just be more of like like it will be like people who need help with marketing I don't know there's so many things out there that it will be yeah wait because it's gonna be interesting they won't be able to get like an apparel sponsor because of their school right I don't know well that's what I don't know because like I'm not it's not gonna be like a Florida kid like signing with Adidas like that's just not gonna happen so mm, we shall see (laughs) um what is your skincare routine um not that complicated but I'm happy that someone feels moved to ask that because I have I feel like I have to work on that a little bit um uh, let's see I always wash my face like I would never go to bed without washing my face which I think that should be a bottom line for everyone um I use some Sunday Fridays stuff like if you ever heard of the jet lag mask I really like that um Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's not there we really go. complicated though. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, I always wash like... my. I use I use Cetaphil. Cetaphil is really good. Yeah, there you go. I feel like at least washing your face is a good place to start. So yeah. Um. Okay. Let's see. How do you find balance between working hard and relaxing? Oh, I love relaxing. It's not hard for me. I um. I'm like very good at focusing on the task at hand. So if I am at practice and training, then I'm thinking about that. And I learned that in college when I was trying to like, sort of, I would think about, oh, I have this paper to write, but I'd be at practice and like getting ready to run, um, you know, like some track workout or something. And it was like looming over my head. And admittedly it was my boyfriend at the time was a very good student and he was the first person to ever just look at me and be like, why are you thinking about that when you're at practice? Think about that whenever you're home, like work on practice when you're here. And when you go home, think about work and schoolwork. And it was just like, okay. Like he just gave me this simple rule and it clicked in my brain. And that was that for me. Um, So it's kind of the same thing. Like I'm not going to go home and like continue to stress about my workout earlier in the day. I'm not going to be thinking about what my workout is in two days from now when I'm like laying on the couch resting. Uh, I just like worry about that stuff when I'm at the track and I continue to like go through the other important steps that like help me recover, but I'm just not thinking about things just don't like bleed into other things. It's like, I'm at the track doing my workout and then I'm home relaxing and then I'm going to track again in two days. And that's pretty much as far as those thoughts go. Yeah. What is your favorite like recovery tool or your recovery routine? Yeah. Um, I, 
I definitely love to take like hot baths. Like um, I'm really big about like Epsom salt baths. Uh, usually that's like my go-to thing when I'm training really hard. I feel like I end up taking an Epsom salt bath like twice a week. And then mostly just like eating, eating enough to like recover and sleeping enough to recover. I mean, the reality is I feel like you can use all these like gadgets and extra things that make some degree of difference, but like, it's pretty simple. If I'm sleeping enough, I feel better. And, um, I feel like, yeah, eating enough to like recover is huge, especially like when you're living at altitude, such a big difference. Like, and when we go up to Crested Butte, I have to like, obviously like take in more calories because we're just, everything is much more difficult there. Um, And then apart from that, I probably get like a, a massage once a week. Like just the way that my muscles are, I really, really need work done on my quads and, um, I just get super tight. So yeah, that's like big for me. I don't necessarily need a ton of body work, but I feel a lot better after I get massages. Like my back is very tight. And so I just am not like a very flexible person. I never have been. Um, so yeah, massage and hot baths are like important for me Yeah, just to loosen up. Yeah. What's your favorite pre-race meal? Um, the night before races, I really just like to keep it simple. Like if I'm, I mean, with rounds, everything's different. Like I can't always stick to what I want because I'm not like I'm racing every other day. So I don't eat the same thing every other day, but I would stick with like chicken or fish usually the night before race. Um, and then a carb and veggies, but like oftentimes, you know, we're racing at night. So it's mostly, I feel like at this point, the pre-race meal that is more worth discussing is the fact that like, I'll wake up and have like a, a full breakfast, like bacon, eggs, toast, maybe a pancake or something like a pretty big breakfast and then have a sandwich like a few hours out from the race. Um, so I feel like I don't like restrict anything. I just am like eating kind of simpler foods. Like I'm not going to necessarily have like lasagna the night before the race, but I'll have like pasta and fish or like pasta and chicken. But yeah, yeah, just kind of stuff that I have like that I know will sit well and isn't like super greasy, um, but still like tastes good and is filling. Yeah. You're a simple woman. You got simple race plan, simple recovery, yeah, simple care routine. The kiss method. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Um, who's very your favorite who, who's your favorite pro athlete that's not on your team? Or pro runner that's not on your team? Current, like currently racing. Uh, yeah. That's a tough question. Mm. Okay, I'm thinking of one, but let me just think for another second. Um <laughs> Yeah, because like if you had asked me that like a couple of years ago, I would say Bernard Scott. But currently, mm, probably Molly Huddle. Um, just everything that she does, I'm like, oh, you're the best. <laughs> but <laughs> she's yeah, she. I just love who she is as an athlete. I feel like she's incredibly underrated for all the things that she's done throughout her career. Um, she's incredibly graceful and poised, and just a freaking badass when she races everything about her um and I mean I feel the same way about Emily and obviously it makes sense because they're like training partners but uh yeah and 
I also looked up to Molly for many years and of course she's still competing, but I feel, I feel like that's, that's definitely the answer. There's a million people though. Like, I mean, there's so many runners in the sport that I'm like very happy to know and like admire and whatnot, but um, Molly's definitely up there. Yeah. It's cool. Cause like every runner has their own story, you know, their own plateaus and perseverance and everything so yeah absolutely just cool to meet all the personalities um okay the last question is do you have any advice to your younger self yeah I definitely do I think about this pretty often as I've gotten older but I was really hard on myself when I was um growing up so I think that if I had been a little bit easier on myself I probably like would have just been happier but also could have run a little bit faster um I mean, I was really intense. Like I would not take my phone to races and like travel to New York and like leave my phone at home. Like I was just so hardcore. Yeah. I was really, I was over the top. Um, and I wish I had just like chilled out a little bit and it would probably wouldn't have changed anything in the grand scheme of things. Um, so yeah, there's moments where I'm like, "Hmm, you definitely were (laughs) a little hard on yourself and that's something I think about from time to time. Um, I don't know if I like wish that I could change it, but I wish that I had like had someone else there sort of telling me like, it's okay to relax. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah. Someone did ask, like, they, they said that you were really like intense in college. Was it in college or was it like after? And also what brought on the intensity? Like what made you want to leave your phone at home? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely just like growing up in a pretty intense environment. Like my dad is, um, he's not, he doesn't have a military background, but he's retired now from the FBI and was like um, on an elite task force. And he's just a pretty tough guy. And he didn't like make me do that. It was just like, if I was on a mission, I wouldn't have my phone. Like it was just like, I had this innate intensity and like, I still have it, but I've learned how to curtail it and like, use it in moments that are appropriate um like for four minutes every few weeks or something <laughs> yeah, not for an entire I, trip I to New York City. To, totally I don't need to live in that state and yeah. I used to um but I was I was definitely like that into college and then met some of the girls who are now my closest friends and seeing like Jen for instance Genevieve Lacaz like she could like have fun and run fast and I was like whoa, <laughs> that's possible. And like my, you know, my, my other college roommate, um, her name's Mandy. She really helped me like just learn how to have fun. Yeah. And so between the two of them, like Mandy being a very good student and also knowing how to like pr- go to practice and like be there and do her job, but not like let it detract from her life. Uh, and then of course seeing Jen like make the Olympic games and also be like a social person. Um, yeah, I feel like those components definitely helped me sort of learn without like them exactly explaining it to me. It was just like this sort of observation. And I mean, it comes back to the fact that I didn't have any friends who had the same interests as me until college. Like I thought that that was like normal and I thought that that was what it took. Like I thought I had to be that way. 
and I didn't have anyone else around me that was doing anything that I was doing. So it was just like all this made up stuff that I kind of created on my own for so many years. Um, so yeah, I mean, the intensity thing, that's very true. And I feel like it's gotten better over time yeah. and I'm happy about that. <laughs> yeah. I actually know Mandy and it's so funny to see her uh, reactions to all of like, to you <laughs> I think the entire running world knows it now. Like I saw tweets about, her after your race and everything and I was like oh my gosh so she's like no yeah. as your as your hype woman it's so funny she totally yeah I mean and we were the same way for each other it's like one time she was giving a presentation at work and I was like somewhere public and I'm like watching it on my phone and she's like <laughs> on a stage like doing this like TED talk type thing and I'm like okay TED I just talk. need everyone to be quiet for a second while I watch my friend do a presentation please yeah so it goes both ways for sure um and I mean I think that that's so great to have like women who you have in your life that like I mean it's at the point now where I feel like she's like my sister but we um are equally excited for each other just like working hard towards whatever it is that we're doing yeah. and yeah yeah it's great it's fun to share in those moments with a friend yeah exactly well I'm sure everyone's going to be cheering for you in Tokyo obviously I am Thank and it'll be so exciting to see like all three of you guys at the Olympics rep in the USA I love the 1500 Definitely. it's my favorite event to watch because I used to be a 1500 runner so I'm biased but I'm excited I know you guys will rep us well. um, I'm biased too but I think everyone was cheering the most during the 15 so yeah well I think so too the men and the women they were crazy I was like ah men's was exciting yeah yeah, yeah I feel like it definitely is uh yeah it's just enough suspense like it's, yeah, yeah four it's minutes fun, you're so. it's enough to get hyped <laughs> and you can stay in in the tune for the whole race so totally. and you also yeah. never know what's going to happen so it's a wild race. It's yeah. to, I mean, even when you're in it, you just don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, the anxiety when you're in a 1500 is just peak level for four minutes. It's wild. Um, Very true. So where can people follow you at to be up to date with all that is Corey McGee? Yeah, I am definitely most active on Instagram. Corey McGee runs. I also tweet occasionally. Same thing. Corey McGee runs. And I have Facebook, but I don't really use that very often. But yeah, definitely Instagram and Twitter. I'm not on TikTok, so those are my, my come on, get on the TikTok places. train. <laughs> no, it's too much for me. <laughs> too much. I don't recommend. Um, okay, cool. Well, good luck in Tokyo. And to close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Yeah, definitely. Peace out, fellas. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Commas Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. This was actually my first time talking to Corey, so it was super nice to get to know her. I honestly just love this podcast because I personally get to know these athletes really well just by having an in-depth conversation. A lot of the time, usually outlined by your guys' listener questions. So if you don't follow our Instagram, it's just at Convos Over Cold Brew Pod, and you can submit listener questions before every episode, and then they might be incorporated into the episode or asked at the end. Also, don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It really just helps me establish credibility for the podcast so that more high-profile guests will be able to come on. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.